Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Elias and I am excited to share yet another one with you. And as always, we are going to have a great one today. We've been looking at um, different aspects of love. We've been looking at different concepts of love in just trying to understand what this thing really is. Um, it's going to be a great one as we begin to talk about the misconceptions of love. And I will just encourage you to have somewhere to write, focus and concentrate on this as we dig a little deeper. You know, I want to talk about February because this is the month when almost every uh, person talks about love. I mean, it's called the month of love. We see shades of red everywhere. We see so many people dressed in red and this color prevails and hearts are the dominant decor of everything and everywhere we go. But I want to give you some misconceptions about love. You know, people in ministries are hungry for love. And unfortunately, the world has sold them a poor excuse for the real thing. Um, there is no time when the concept of true love um, is more misunderstood than Valentine's Day. And as leaders, as people who are in charge of other people and taking care of other people, as leaders of our families and so on, we need to be aware of the mistaken beliefs about love. So let's look at these conceptions, misconceptions and uh, we'll also look at the truth that corrects them. So I'm going to talk about nine misconceptions and it is my hope and prayer that at the end of this one, you'll be able to have a fresh new understanding of love. Number one. Um, love is thought of as something that happens to us, but it is an intentional decision. So if you've been following these shows, these episodes, you, you, you recall that I mentioned something like this. So according to John 13, 34, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you may love one another just as I have loved you, or so you are to love one another. So, as, 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 as the first misconception to get this rolling, we need to understand that love is not something that happens to us, but it is an intentional decision. So, we need to stop thinking of love as something that comes to us. But we have to start thinking about it as something that we decide to do. And since the Bible talks about men loving their wives, um, I, I, I would like to mention to the men that you, you have to stop looking for love to come to you. You have to look for someone that you are going to love. So if you meet someone that you feel is um, a fit for you, um, if you feel that your purposes align with that person and you feel that this is someone you want to spend the rest of your life with, you have to now decide to love that person. All right. Number two, love, um, romantic love is portrayed as belonging to those who are young. But we need to also know that faithful romance, um, love lingers long after the bodies begin to fail. 
right? According to Malachi 2.15, it says, So guard yourselves in your spirit, and let none of you be faithless to your wife of your youth. So we need to also understand that love is not just something that happens to the young. That's a misconception. It lingers long after our bodies begin to fail. It lasts long. It is faithful. It never dies. I think I touched on this when I talked about the character of love. All right. Uh, Number three, a loving marriage is often depicted as being all about making us happy. But you see, the Bible tells us that it is a picture of the relationship between Christ and this church. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife or cling, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So it is not just about making us happy. We need to understand that uh, conceptually, fundamentally, that um, the concept of marriage is a shadow or a depiction of the relationship between Christ and the church. So it's more than just something that we get into to find happiness. It is something much deeper. It is something that is um, more profound. It is something that goes further. Um, It is something that is um, deeper to this level. Hence, when we decide to go into such things, such an institution, we need to understand exactly what we're getting ourselves into and, and what is expected of both parties when they get into such a relationship. This is why, um, because most people don't understand why they get into this kind of relationship. Um, they go in there for the wrong reasons. They go in there to meet their own expectations, um, rather their wrong expectations, but we need to understand, we need to know that getting into a marriage has its own standards. It has its own biblical reasons, premises, and we need to be aware of all of these things before we make such a decision, before we get into such a relationship. All right, number four, um, love is associated with whispers of sweet nothings, but true love is seen as well as heard. According to 1 John 3, 18, it says, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. I've, I've got to pause and just say a little bit, you know, about this. When we look in the Bible, wherever we find the word love, it is uh, mentioned in the context of an action word. It is um, used as a verb most of the times it is not just a word you know that is used to express sweet nothings chaffs and flattery you know but it is something that is used to communicate something that has to do with doing something so i know ladies out there i know you love to hear sweet things you love to hear compliments i mean we all do but i think ladies are a little bit particular and extra you know about this you know compliments validation you know sweet little nothings here and there um you want to know how beautiful you are you want your significant other to tell you how how beautiful you look how how lovely those shoes are um 
how nice your hair looks, how beautiful you look in that dress. You want this individual to be sensitive and to notice little things. All right? That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. But I just need you to understand that it is more than sweet little nothings. All right? It is actually more to do with what we do, you know, than what we hear. You know, this is why love is a decision. All right? So, the next one. Um, you know, we watch a lot of movies, you know, and Hollywood has convinced an entire generation that love means, you know, never having to say you're sorry, never having to apologize. But I just want to let you know that true love means we're the first to apologize. True love goes with humility. True love doesn't exhort itself. Remember I mentioned this in the purpose for love. It doesn't puff itself up. Okay? So if you love somebody, you should be the first to apologize. Because what love wants is to reunite. What love wants is to is, is to continue the momentum. To not destroy the environment of love and family. This is why it acts like that. Okay? Ephesians 4 verse 2 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love. Simply put, love means you should be the first to apologize. It goes with being gentle. It goes with being humble. It goes with being patient and and bearing one another in love. So instead of being two people who are often waiting for the other person to apologize, true biblical love uh, makes us be the first to apologize. I see a situation where you're beating each other at apologizing. I see a situation whereby you're quick to admit your faults. You know, I'm sorry I did this. And then, I'm sorry I did that. Both of you are just trying to admit to the things that you have done wrong to each other. And, and you're open about that. I mean, I think that is really just a sign of maturity. It's a sign of growth. Actually, it's a sign of strength. If, you, if you're able to admit your faults, if you're able to admit um, where you feel you're wrong, and you're able to apologize for that, it means you're strong in that area. Okay? Most people have a problem apologizing because they feel they will lose something. They'll feel they will, they will be looked at in, in one way or another. They'll, they feel that they will, looked at, they will be looked at as weak. But the truth of the matter is that you are already weak in that area and there's something in your life that you have not dealt with okay there's an element of fear that is attached to you feeling like that hence you avoid apologizing because there's something about you trying to protect but you see true strength says that i can be open about this area in my life i can be vulnerable about this area in my life i can be open to receive criticism i should be open to apologies because i am strong and i can take the feedback that i'll get so you are in a healthier position than just covering up and, and being in a place where you feel like the whole world is going to crumble down when you apologize all right so true love apologizes first all right here's another one um in our first um, our early time society, the goal of love is to make us feel special rather than putting the other person's need before our own. A little further about this, um, 
Most of the times we think love is about us. It's about what we want. It's about meeting our expectations. It's about making us happy and making us feel special. Instead of putting another person's need before our own. Uh, but you see 1 John 3.16. By this we know love. That he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. So love is not just about making us feel special. But it's about putting the needs of other people before our own. Okay. I won't say much about this. Because I did explain in, in detail in the previous episode well this is the seventh one our culture teaches us that we should limit our love to those who love us i hear things like what you give me is what you get you know um i'll explain a little bit further about this but this culture teaches us that we should limit our love to those who love us the bible teaches us to love even our enemies now uh, Matthew 5, 43 to 44 says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, I just want to bring some context to this because sometimes we hear things like, I'll, I'll only reciprocate to those who love me. i only love back the people that love me. But you see, there's, um, there's a misunderstanding Many people take the concept of maintaining boundaries and apply it in such a way as to let them say that I'll only treat people the way that they treat me. But that is not biblical. It's one thing when the Bible says that guard your heart for out of it flows life. Alright? But we need to also understand that that doesn't mean that you have to hate somebody. So when we talk about knowing how to love a person even when they are not good to us, it still must be a constant. But that doesn't mean that we're not supposed to protect ourselves. Okay? I think the best way to balance this in life is to be able to still love a person, still express biblical love, but that doesn't mean that you have to trust them. Okay? You don't need to trust everyone but you do need to love everyone you you understand what i mean what i'm saying is this you can verify your trust but that doesn't mean you must only love the people that you trust does that make sense let me put it another way love must be given to everybody but you must be able to cover and protect your heart on on the basis of trust. So meaning that um, you must only let people in your heart when you trust them, okay? When you have some element of trust in them. I mean, it's only wise that, that you guard your heart, that you just don't let anybody into your love life. You just let, don't let anybody into a certain place of your heart. But you must be able to express love even to your enemies, okay? Let's say your enemy is harmful to you, okay? You don't need to be close to them to love them. You don't need them to be in a relationship with you to love them. You can love them while protecting yourself. You can pray for them. You can wish them well. 
you can speak positively about them you can speak positively to them you can preach the word of god to them you can give them you know feed them when they are hungry you can express that kind of love but you have to guard your heart if if certain people prove to be unhealthy for you i hope that makes sense so love is a constant love doesn't choose who we love and who we don't we have to love everybody all right number 8 even in our relationship with god many believe love is our is our idea but um love did not originate with us the bible says in 1 john 4:19 we love because he loved us first or he first loved us if you remember the first episode in this show it talks about the origin of love and it proves that uh, love originated from god in fact it proves that uh, god himself is love all right and lastly the ninth one i want to talk about this biggest misconception um and 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 this biggest misconception is 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 that love has been uh relegated to a mere emotion uh, but you see the bible tells us that love is a person all right god is love so love is not an emotion okay you need to just wrap that around your head and and throw away everything you've believed about love and just believe that love is a person it's not an emotion it's a person all right god is love according to first john 4:8 So the greatest expression of love occurred when God gave he gave the life of his son so it could be restored to him through the sacrifice of Christ so receiving his love is what enables us to give others the real thing and it's for this reason that most people think they can love by themselves they think you think you've got the capacity or you have the ability to love somebody else on your own but that's not true because love never originated from you the concept of love never came from you you don't you don't have anything within yourself to love another person we love because we have got god in us we love because we have got love in us okay remember i said god is love and if god is love we only love if he's in us so the only way that a man and a woman can express true love to another person is if love lives on the inside of them and that love is god all right so instead of pursuing an experience of love pursuing this feeling this euphoria you know we have to pursue love we have to pursue god because when we have god we have got love in us i mean it clearly explains how that we look at other people and we say how can a person kill another person intentionally how can you know a mother kill a child can a child kill you see you need to understand that a person who has got god in them cannot do that because they 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 don't have it in them to do that what causes them to do certain things is because of what they have in them and they have something else apart from god so we have to pursue love meaning we have to pursue god and these are the nine misconceptions about love Um so we need to be aware of these misconceptions and and we have to be true to our calling. We cannot leave those around us wallowing, you know, in the muck and mire of false impressions about what love and who love really is. So if we truly care about our friends, um you know, our families and the people we have fellowship with, we need to speak the truth in love and we need to speak about love according to Ephesians 4:15. All right? So what are some of the things that you have found 
in this episode that you consider to be critical to your situation right now? Which misconception has uh, resonated so deeply to you? How are you going to make changes in your life? Because the Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's a very dangerous thing to not know the truth. Because it's the same word that says that um, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. All right. So liberty and freedom and deliverance comes from knowing the truth. Okay. Whosoever the son of man sets free is free indeed. Okay. The Bible says that I am the word. Jesus is the word. You know, he's the truth and he is the life. And no one gets to the father except through him. And these words that I speak, I speak Christ. So do you know him? Do you know this love? Do you know this greatest expression of love? And how are you going to use what you have learned today to make your life better? I have a challenge for you. Just look over your life. Think about how you've, what you've understood about love. From these nine um, misconceptions, maybe just pick the top three beginning with the um, most significant you know think about how you've misunderstood that particular concept you know and think about ways that you can change you know write these things down pray about them use the scriptures that i've used against each and every um, misconception you know and um, make change in your life and express love to the fullest all right so which misconceptions resonated with you the most? And you just write them down. And what are the strategies that you're going to adopt to make these changes? So listen, I'm glad that you spent um, some 20 plus minutes to join in and just listening. I aim to keep these shows at least 25 minutes each. And just load some content in 25 minutes. I hope this hasn't been too much in 25 minutes. But I also hope that you've had something to just uh, grasp and um, take down for yourself, for your family, and for the people that you love. We are living in, in, in a society where there's a lot of information out there. But not every piece of information you come across is the truth. You have to make sure that everything that you read, everything that you hear everything that you come across is weighed against the word of god because god's word is that standard it never lies i mean god honors his word even more than his name even more than his throne so the word of god is the standard the word of god is the litmus test the word of god is what you use to judge other words other sermons other teachings other um, other ideologies out there if you do that, you, you are guaranteed to be safe. And you're guaranteed to live in the truth forever. All right. It is my prayer that this has been beneficial to you. It is also my prayer that you will be closer to your families, closer to the people that matter, and treat them with the love that uh, is inspired and is imparted from God, is imparted as a result of having the Spirit of God on the inside of you, is imparted as a result of having God living on the inside of you. Okay, everybody needs love, parents need love, and, and everybody needs to be able to come to a place where they are able to feel the love of God in their lives, in their families, in their jobs, and in everything that they do and in everywhere they're involved with. 
So thank you so much. I'll see you on the next one. God bless you.